Good morning and welcome to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 or 88 FM right across our wonderful country depending on where you are. Now this is an interesting introduction because I'm doing it all by my sweet little self without Lyle who's left me, abandoned me. No, he's going to be on TV. <laughs> Lyle's so famous. He's all over TV and radio. He's run off this morning early to go and get his mug on 3ABN. Wonderful uh, channel there if you have access or you can maybe just Google it or look it up on YouTube. 3ABN is a wonderful Christian program um, producing all kinds of fabulous uh, media that we can definitely access and be blessed by. So I will be part of that today and so he's left me to do the delayed introduction. If you're wondering what on earth a delayed introduction is, it's the part of the show that we re-record after we've actually finished the breakfast show and it gets played the next day. So our show is programmed and broadcasted live, except for this delayed thing. So it gets recorded and it gets played the next day for some of you and I don't know where you are or why you'd be on the delayed broadcast because do you know what? You can actually jump across to the live show. It is super duper easy. And if you jump across to the live show now, it'll be Lyle and me, two for the price of one. You can do it one of two ways. You can either go to our website, which is faithfm.com.au. At the top of the screen, you'll see the live stream and you can just press play on that. Or you can download an app. It's called TuneIn and it is a really great app. I have this one on my phone and when I downloaded it, it had the option of paying for a version of it or you can just get the free version of it. I, of course, got the free version because I'm stingy and uh, and it, you know what? it works just as well. There's like no difference between the paid and the version. So get yourself a free version and when you have the app, search for Faith FM Australia. Make sure you for, search for Australia because there is a couple of other Faith FMs around the world because this app can let you listen to radio stations across the globe. So once you've found Faith FM Australia, once again, very simple, just press play. You can put that one in your favorites list. So whenever you open the app, you can just go straight to favorites. You don't have to research for it again. And on that app, I kid you not, you can get perfect signal every single time, every single where. I listened to this when I drove from Melbourne up to Sydney a couple of months ago. I listened to it in the car. You can just play it through your Bluetooth in your, you know, into any stereo system. You can plug it in your aux cord in your car, play it out your car stereo. It's a really great way to listen to radio, actually. I really enjoyed it. Lyle listened to this, um, listened to the tuning app while he was over in the States a few weeks ago when he had his long service leave over there. It's a wonderful way to listen to radio. And we look forward to you joining us live there where you can answer the quiz of the day or ask the question of the day or get the giveaway at the end the show is so much more interactive and fun when you join us live anyway stay tuned we've got some really amazing stuff coming up for you today It's not just about the manger Where the baby lay It's not all about the angels Who sing for him that day It's not all about the shepherds On the bright and shining star It's not all about the wise men Who traveled from afar 
It's about the cross It's about my sin It's about how Jesus came to be born once So that we could be born again It's about the stone That was rolled away So that you and I could have real life someday It's about the cross It's not just about the good things with It's All About the Cross here on Faith FM. And Mon, we have a quiz to start off our to kick off our day and you're going to give us the first clue. Yes, this is a what number am I quiz. Uh, I don't think anyone caught up for yesterday's quiz because yesterday's quiz was a bit hard, I think. I actually got confused. It wasn't until the very end that I realised it was a different person to who I thought it was. Are you going with E-Frame, were you? No, I thought it was Manasseh. I mean, the answer was Manasseh. Yeah, that's right. But I didn't realise there was two Manassehs in the Bible. Oh. It was the first time I ever heard that. I'd never heard of the other Manasseh. There are three Manassehs. 
There's three of them. Yeah, because I've got a good friend named Manasseh. Oh, yeah. Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I know him. <laughs> it's funny because I was about to say, actually, there's four, but you <laughs> beat me to that. Okay, and funny enough, what number and I, the first clue is, Manasseh was this many years old when he became king of Judah. Okay, so this is kind of related to yesterday's question. Well, it has the same name. So same name. Okay, so Manasseh was this many years old. But it was the other Manasseh, right? <coughs> and he reigned for 55 years. So you're going to go for a small number here. Yeah. So Manasseh, the, the one that was yesterday, that was mm. Manasseh, Joseph's son. That's right. I didn't realize Joseph had a son called Manasseh. It was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah, I didn't realize. <laughs> I mean, I, for, I, you know, I probably knew. You've never heard of the tribe about. of Joseph, right? It, no. <laughs> no, I haven't. You read in Revelation chapter 7, the Bible speaks about the tribe of Joseph. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ephraim is not included amongst the 12 tribes in uh, Revelation chapter 7, and neither is Dan. Which is funny because I've heard of both those guys. Yeah, and, and, and both those guys, uh, you know, they're, they're not included amongst the 12 tribes of the 144,000 because of their idolatry and their wickedness. Mm. And uh, Dan was the tribe that would typically start the way for Israel to go into idolatry and Ephraim would make it national. Maybe that's why I've heard of them. They're not famous. They're infamous. Yeah, they definitely are two infamous tribes for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, this is why we know that the 144,000 are symbolic or uh, Israel rather than literal Israel. Mm -hmm. Because it says, you know, all the tribes of Israel, but they're not all listed. Well, there you go. A lot of people read that through and they miss that little uh, subtlety. Uh huh. If you know how old Manasseh was when he became king of Judah, give us a call now. 1 800 Faith FM is the number to call to win the prize. That's 1 800 324 843. Or you can text us, get your pens ready. I'm about to say it real super slow. 0491 064 <laughs> Lyle, 669. By the way, Lyle, I just want to say... Mm, go ahead and say it. Muchas gracias. Okay. Actually, I want to say muchas gracias because oh, no. it is National Cow Appreciation Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. If, that you, is... <laughs> if you see some cows, give them a hug today because, you know, we exploit them terribly. <laughs> <laughs> So well, we have cows in our paddock and they belong to our landlord uh-huh. and they're kind of like his pets. Yeah. And they'll come and talk to you over the fence Aww. and eat apples out of your hand and sit there and drool if you have an apple. They're so um, sweet. And they are. And he doesn't have the heart to um, to send any of them off to the meat market. Oh, bless his and heart. And they, they all have names. Oh, that's adorable. Actually, um, the place I used to work before here, the receptionist, she used to be a dairy farmer. And she told me if you ever wanted to pat some cows and want them to come up to you, the easy way to do it is to just walk into their paddock and just lie on the ground and wait. Oh, they're the most curious so animals. Curious. They are so curious. Yeah. And I was like, I really want to test that theory out. <laughs> Come over to my place this afternoon. There are cows. You can try this out. Okay, so today is indeed, uh, it's July 12th. Uh, unless you're listening to our delayed broadcast, who knows what day it is you're listening. Um, but today is Cow Appreciation Day. So if you see some cows, give them a honk on the car when you're driving past or something. But I have some wonderful good news. I have so much good news, Lyle. Like there's good stuff happening in the world. Even That's though good, it might be hard to believe it. I don't have much bad news. Oh, good. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I want to tell you an amazing story about another animal. It's a, it's a husky dog. This is, this is an incredible dog. Um, this dog has been hailed as an absolute hero. Uh, so there's, 21-year-old Amelia Milling, who went on a solo three-day hike through the Alaskan wilderness, um, and uh, she is actually deaf, so a compounding issue here. 
And she fell, and she fell for uh, 300 feet, then crashed Ooh. into a boulder and tumbled down another 300 feet. So ran about 600 to 700 metre fall. And when she finally feet or metres? Uh, feet. Feet. Yeah, so when she finally came to a stop, she was dazed, bruised, bleeding, and she was lying there. Um, How on earth was she still alive? Yeah, exactly. And she was lying there in this state, you know, dazed and confused, and Nanook the husky showed up out of nowhere. This husky dog just appears. And a seven, seven-year-old dog. At first, Amelia thought it was a wolf. And so she was, you know, panicking. And, uh, and then she saw that he had a collar and a dog tag stating that he was a crow pass guide. So he was actually trained in yeah. that area, in that region. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so the injured student actually, um, you know, decided, I guess this dog might, must be there to help her. And she was exactly correct. So this dog uh, led... Mil- how, how long had she been... Lying there, wounded it, by the time it, the dog turned up. It doesn't say, mm-hmm. um, but I'm guessing it must have been you know quite a while because if you, if you do a fall like that, you don't really want to move straight away. Mm-hmm. So this dog Nanook, he starts leading her back to the trail because she fell quite away and lost the trail, and uh, and hiked with her until she got, until it got dark, and then she pitched the tent, but stayed with her throughout the night, and then continued on her journey the so next day. So this girl has fallen 600 feet. Mm-hmm. And is hiking out. Yeah, trying to hike That's out. That's a miracle now. to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And this dog is showing her the way. Well, there's she, a lot of people that have fallen 60 feet and killed themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just so this dog just seemed to have turned up. Maybe he smelt, I don't know, something in the wind and maybe her blood or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she says that he gave me the motivation to get up and walk another seven miles. And if he didn't show up, I probably wouldn't have gotten back and kept walking. This is not where the story ends. So... Um, as he was leading her, um, he, he the dog crossed a, a freezing, fast-moving river. And after watching uh, the dog uh, not cross the river, um, the young lady decided that she could probably do the same. But she tried to cross it, only she she fell again. And uh, and she tried to cross a second time, um, and she lost her footing, fell into the water, and got pulled into the current. And for fifteen minutes, she was struggling against the water until the dog. Like swam out to her, um, grabbed a strap of her backpack with his teeth and pulled her to shore. Oh, you've got to be kidding! This dog is insane. Like this dog is amazing. Oh, wow! So the, and this, this is a really, really a heartwarming story. Yeah, th- this dog is incredible. So this dog, he, like this is his home, this patch of land where um where these trails are, and this is like basically his full time job. He just wanders around the wilderness and finds like you know people who need help and then helps them. That, that's that, that's yeah. the ultimate dog's life right there. It's like, yeah, I've got a uh, couple of million acres, acres to uh, just roam around yeah. on and have fun and help people. And So um, she changed into dry clothes after coming out of the river, but she was hypothermic. And so she tried to crawl into a sleeping bag and recover. And, um, and the dog would not stop licking her face and trying to keep her warm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so she eventually had to press her rescue button and, uh, and they found her in her sleeping bag with the dog um, lying sort of next to her on top of her trying to keep her warm. Yep. Isn't that just the coolest that dog? That is the most amazing story. And, 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 you know, it's just like, yeah, dogs were created to be friends of humans. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just the way they were made. And so this story has come out and, uh, and she's posted uh, you know, about it on social media and apparently a bunch of other hikers have come forward and said, 
I recognize this dog. This dog helped me when I was hiking that trail. And there's a mother who's come forward and said that her child fell on the same river and this dog appeared and pulled the kid out of the river. And other hikers have said they've been lost and suddenly this dog appeared and showed them back to the right way and then just, you know, went on his way. This dog is like the coolest dog. Oh, anyway. wow. It's like an angel dog. Yeah. And he and the funny thing is he's like a, like a white, creamy, happy looking dog. So he kind of looks like an angel dog. <laughs> you know, with his big ears. It's a very happy dog. I'm going to put a picture up of Nanook on our social media so you can have a quick squeeze how cute that dog is I have another cool story for you you like renovations right and remodeling and yeah getting things I love that kind of stuff so this is a couple who was remodeling their bathroom and uh, (laughs) and as they knocked down a wall they found a message inside the wall taped to like you know you know how there's like the the tiles then Mm -hmm. behind that there's like the proper wall Mm -hmm. there was a message from the people who used to live there um I found a couple called the Shineskis and they had taped a message to the wall with a speech bubble saying, hi, we're the Shineskis. We remodeled this bathroom in the summer of 1995. If you're reading this, that means you're remodeling the bathroom again. What's wrong with the way we did it? <laughs> and they've literally, look at this, they've like posted a picture of the two of them up and, uh, with their message and underneath they put a picture. That's like a really nice um, portrait. Yeah, it is. It's just not a selfie snap. This is a, yeah, it's this a, proper, is a pro- like, professional portrait uh-huh. that they put there. Like, we are professional people. Why yeah. Why would you remodel <laughs> yeah. this? And underneath that, they've posted another sticky tape and another picture to the wall of their bunny, their pet bunny. And they put a speech bubble next to him is saying, hi, I'm Cassie the Bunny Rabbit. I lived here too. I'm potty trained and I'm going to be the next Cadbury Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put this up on it's Instagram. It's nice to know that there are people in the world with an awesome sense of humor. I know, that's a 25-year joke in the and making. I'm so going to do this if I ever remodel a bathroom again sometime. I'm going to put both of those stories up on our socials. If you want to have a look at that message on the wall, you can uh, check out our Facebook, our Instagram and our Twitter. For now, this is Ron and Patty Valiant with the wonderful song Isaiah 60 verse 1 Rise, shine For thy light is come And the glory of the Lord Is risen upon thee Rise, shine For thy light is come And the glory Welcome back, guys. Um, that was uh, Matt and Josie Minnis. Min, uh, sorry, that was uh, Ron and Patty Valiant, I should say, with Isaiah 60 verse 1. And uh, we need to have another a, a clue for our quiz. Yes, indeed. What number am I? The next clue is Paul placed his hands on approximately this many men in Ephesus and they received the Holy Spirit. Mm, we might accidentally give that away later in our Bible study because we are talking about Acts and the Holy Spirit and Paul. So mm, there you yeah. go. Very famous number we're dealing with here. Okay, so on this day in AD 70, guess what happened, Mon? 
Um, is someone took a selfie? No. <laughs> someone remodeled a bathroom? In AD, in AD 70, you'd take a selfie with a uh, hammer and chisel and a piece of stone. Well, that's a lot. It was going to last this long anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, AD 70. Think about AD 70. What, what big 70, thing happened in AD 70? 70. Uh, earthquake, AD volcano. 70, I know this number. Is that um, a famous, it's a famous date. Uh, I'm, as soon as you say it, I'm going to be like, yeah, of course, that's right. Okay. I give up. <clears throat> Does the name General... Titus, ring a bell? The Funnily Ro- enough, Ro- no. Roman, the Roman <laughs> general. Hey, if that rang a bell for you, give us a call. Because <laughs> it didn't ring any bells for me. If it rang a, rang a bell for you, give us a bell. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, it was on this day in AD 70 that Titus assaulted the walls of Jerusalem. Oh, wow. So he uh, laid siege to the city for some time, but this was the day on which he actually assaulted the walls. It took him then a further three days to breach the walls. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the most bitter battles that the Romans ever fought ensued. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – and this, of course, was an event that was prophesied by Jesus Christ himself. Wow. And if you go to Matthew 24, you can read all about it because Jesus says, you know, there's coming a time when you look at the temple here, there will not be one stone left standing on top of another. Every stone will be thrown down. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that Titus had given orders that the temple was not to be touched – because it was, you know, one of the wonders of the ancient world. It was one of the most magnificent buildings that there was, and um, and the Jews, of course, defended the temple more uh, vehemently and heroically and fanatically than mm-hmm. any other part of the city. It was one of the most um, powerfully defended parts of the city, and so many Romans lost their lives there that the Roman soldiers were actually the rage overtook them. Yeah. Uh, and all they could see inside the temple was you know, just gold because everything was made out of gold. Everything was lined with gold. The walls were lined with gold. Wow! And uh, in the in the in the fury of the battle, there was a Roman soldier who who threw a firebrand into the temple. And of course, you've got cedar walls that are hundreds of years old. Mm, so you can imagine how that would dry, burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing went up in flames. Wow. All the gold melted and ran down between the cracks in the stones. And so to mine the gold out, they actually literally threw down every single stone of the temple to get the gold out from between the stones of the temple. Wow. Yeah, because you often wonder why would that prophecy come true when it says, you know, no stone will remain on top of another. But yeah. if the motivation is gold, you can see why. Absolutely. And, of course, you can read on from there where Jesus gives dual signs of both this event, the destruction of Jerusalem, and the second coming. Mm-hmm. And so from there through until uh, about verse 24, 25, you find that all of the signs that are listed in those first 24, 25 verses were fulfilled or will be fulfilled in both events. Oh. And then, of course, it goes on to you know talk about events that are specific just to the second coming. But, uh, yeah, dramatic fulfillment of prophecy uh, taking place on this day in AD 70. It's amazing that we can still know the exact day. Yeah. yeah. yeah just well, this is the great way. thing about Roman era is that uh, you know, from basically from Persian era onwards, we have record keeping um, like very, no other. Very good, very accurate mm-hmm. record keeping um, of most major events. Yeah, loving and it. The Romans kept uh, had a very accurate calendar system and kept um, very accurate records. And of course, the Persians attached all of their chronologies to uh, what they saw in the night sky, mm-hmm. and so that can be, all be confirmed by astro- astronomy today, which is an exact science. And, uh, yeah, we can know when all of these events took place. Very cool. Unlike Egyptian chronology, which is just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and embellished. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, so Rwanda, of course, has just closed 700 churches. So this is a small country. It's smaller than Victoria. And uh, you've got 700 churches that have been closed there and new laws being enacted that will uh, require preachers to have, of both you know, Christian, Christian and Muslim clerics, to have a, uh, a university degree, a minimum of a bachelor's, to be able to preach. Remind me again why they closed it, because I remember I remember you first said they're closing churches, and I was like, no. And then when you explained why, I was like, oh, actually, that makes sense. Okay, so there's a, there's 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 some real pros and cons to this one. Of course, they are barring anyone, regardless of what kind of degree they have, um, from being a, a preacher or a pastor of a church if they have ever been convicted of crimes of genocide. Um, or they have um, been discriminatory or for sectarian practices. Okay. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, I mean, initially when you think about it, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. But then on the other hand, you have to sort of think, well, what, are, what about people who have done horrible things in their life? Jesus has changed them and they're now someone new. Mm. Yeah, it, it kind of shoots that sort of forgiveness and, and the belief that God has changing power in the foot. But... I don't know. It, I think it. I think it could be good in a place like Rwanda because I think I remember you saying that a lot of people were just saying, "You know what? I'm going to start a church because it's yeah." Profitable. A lot of people would just wake up in the morning like, "Yeah, I'm going to start a church." Yeah, because they can make money at it, right? Exactly. So, yeah, which is not the right reason to oh, go yeah. into ministry at all. No. Yeah. Uh, but in, on the other hand, how do you question somebody's calling? That's right. Yeah. And how many of Jesus' disciples and 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 you know had college degrees had had, had a bachelor's yeah. degree? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the only people that had bachelor's degrees at that particular time, of course, were the or the equivalent thereof were you know your Pharisees and so forth and your Sadducees in particular. And these were um, you know highly educated and highly opposed to Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, if if Rwanda is experiencing a bit of a mess right now in terms of all these churches and people doing you know crackpot kind of things with with starting churches and running churches, and maybe this is a step forward in sorting out the mess, even though it might not be the best answer long term. It's interesting. I mean, I've been a pastor now for what twenty four years thereabouts, mm-hmm. which is a fair st- stint of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would not be able to be a pastor in Rwanda on two counts. Oh, really? Yeah. You involved in genocide? No. <laughs> uh, but on the first count, I don't have a bachelor's. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so my pastor ministry was an alternative pastor ministry, and uh, so I'm a a PND, not a PhD. PND? Pastor no, no degree. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And, uh, you know, but I feel quite confident. Confident, You know, anyone who wants yeah. to call in with a difficult question, go right ahead. You yeah, know, feel absolutely. Free. Um, I, uh, it does not mean that I don't have an education. And it, it's easy to see that God has called you. Yeah, well, praise God. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is um, people who have been involved in sectarian practices are being banned. And I think about the story that I shared yesterday where I talked about, you know, the confessional box mm-hmm. in Roman Catholicism, which is almost like it's custom designed to, to take a man who is unnaturally forced into or chosen celibacy um, and place him one on one with a child to talk with that child about sexual sins mm-hmm, and sexual mm-hmm, practices. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like a perfect, a perfect recipe for grooming. Now, to stand up and and make a statement like that is a sectarian statement. Okay. And well, so, because of a statement like that, I would not be able to pastor a church in Rwanda. Didn't you also mention that they had to not be involved with any sort of discriminatory acts? And what happens if you know? This is, you know, then you get all murky with like homosexuality and, you know, and that kind of stuff because 
it can be claimed. Discrimination is something that can be defined in many, many different yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly. And we don't want to be discriminatory mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Discrimination is wrong in any way, shape, or form. But sometimes when the Bible describes you know, something as you know, being a sin... You'll be you, accused you, of you, being you, discriminatory. You, you are accused of being discriminatory because you read a verse from the Bible. Like, for instance, in Canada right now, mm-hmm. there are a number of passages in the Bible that you are not allowed to read in church. Yeah. Uh, because that's considered to be discriminatory. And so, yeah, there's some pros and cons to it. Of course, they are... Um, you know, claiming that there's a lot of charlatan ministers out there. And we know that Africa is rife with, you know, scamming mm-hmm. and people trying to make money um, by any means that they can. So, yeah, this is a difficult situation. It'll be interesting to see how it all develops. I'd love to know what our listeners think, actually. Yeah, give, give us a call. call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. If you have an opinion about this one or weigh in on what's happening in Rwanda or discrimination or sectarian acts, give us a call. And, and of course, just on that point, we should mention just very quickly that in the genocide, um, it was largely led by church leaders. Ooh. So, yeah, they've got a history of it. Anyway, this is Matt and Josie Minigus. This world is a wicked place Filled with snares for our fallen race and so this day we seek your grace You raise our child in Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. And we have our regular interview with David Stojic. David, welcome to the show again. Good morning. Great to be here. We always always appreciate the fact that you come on every week and share with us about, uh, well, we're going to be talking today about being happy. Yes. and, uh, And happiness, which is considered to be an essential quality of life. Now, being happy is what most people want to be. And yet happiness seems to be elusive for many. <laughs> uh, that's correct. Unfortunately, the, the human experience uh, 
clearly shows that uh, we here in Australia say that we live in a lucky country mm-hmm. and no doubt uh, we are very blessed to live uh, in such a wonderful country as ours uh, it's interesting that every year the United Nations conducts uh, they conduct a survey about the levels of happiness in the countries of the world now that's really interesting what are the criteria uh, on which countries are assessed for happiness uh, that's a very good question the happiness levels of the countries are assessed with six major categories of values in mind uh, income Mm-hmm. <laughs> healthy life expectancy having someone to count on in times of trouble which is like a social support physical health uh, you know um, family family generosity freedom and trust uh, so uh, so uh, this is measured by the absence of corruption which is freedom and trust measured by by the absence of corruption in business and government so uh, that's basically how freedom in a country or trust levels are are, mm-hmm. are measured so yeah. so all all countries in the top 10 have all these six uh, high values, uh, uh, so to say, um, they're all high up in those values. <laughs> and it's interesting that, uh, that um, a business insider Australia uh, just last year uh, published um, uh, like the country, so the world based mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the happiness ranking. And uh, I, I always kind of, I, I'm very interested. I, I, I look where do we kind of yeah, yeah, that's fit right. in. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we always uh, want to know where we sit uh, in, the, in the rankings. That's right. And many, many times Australia is right there, right at the top. And, and, and um, in 2017, a ranking, uh, Australia came or tied with, 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 uh, with Sweden, uh, having, I suppose, out of 10, 7.284. Both of them exactly, had exactly the same, the same, uh, as to say, uh, score. Mm-hmm. A- and the highest was Norway, uh, 7.537. So, so we're not too far behind. It's interesting. So uh, who, who are the top 10 then? If well, we, if, I mean, if we're going <laughs> to choose a country in the world that we're going to go and live and be happy in, what would be the top 10? Well, when I read those top 10, and I, I have respect for, you know, for, for, you know, uh, for, for all of them, the beautiful countries I still feel somehow that we are better than them <laughs> uh, look uh, number one is Norway okay then Denmark so the Scandinavian country mm-hmm. then Iceland hey get that another Scandinavian another country Scandin- then Switzerland then Finland which is another kind of Scandinavian country then Netherlands Canada then New Zealand above, oh they above, beat us above. no way <laughs> then Australia and Sweden the get Australian and, uh, Australia and and, and, you, uh, and Sweden sort of say sharing the, the, the ninth and well the ninth place and then it's interesting that USA yeah uh, like which is like American dream you talk about that uh-huh. and uh, it came out 14th and the UK came uh, the 19th and Singapore 26th well that's interesting I wouldn't have put the U- I wouldn't have put those three countries there the uh, the US the UK and Singapore so far down on the list if I'd have been uh, if I'd have been looking at that myself that's um, most fascinating but at least at least we're ahead of the Americans and the Brits oh, that's the main thing definitely, <laughs> definitely. And but it's interesting that you've got so many uh, Scandinavian countries like half of them are Scandinavian countries that are yeah, very happy there that's right now some people are not happy with their job um and, and that must be, you know, diminishing um, their personal level of happiness. I mean, we spend a fairly significant portion of our life working. 
Uh, you're abso- absolutely right. And and again, looking at uh, if you look at, at the uh, nation that kind of uh, uh, position it's, itself as as the world leader, the USA, according to the Gallup poll, seventy five percent of people in America are disengaged from their job. Just mm. imagine mm. seventy five, like almost eight out of ten people going to their war- job, to their daily daily job, and feeling, oh, I wish I was somewhere else. And that must be bad for the productivity of the country. Very, very much so, and and, and to, for their mental health, mm, mm. Uh, it's interesting that that the household income and labor dynamics in Australia, the Hilda survey uh, conducted in Australia last year, had revealed the level of job satisfaction among Australian workers uh, was just a little bit better than the one in USA, according to this survey. Uh, just. The, uh, done, I think, by the University of Melbourne, just over 40% of Australians report being very satisfied with their job security, and, and 36% uh, are satisfied with flexibility, their flexibility to balance uh, work and non-work commitments. So, Lyle, what this means, mm. uh, means that around 60%, 6 out of 10 Australians are either kind of moderately happy or not happy at all, you know, uh, going, going, you know, like with, with their jobs. So still fairly significant. Yeah, we've got a long ways to go there. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, we could think about another important aspect of our life, um, family life and marriage. I wonder how many people would report being truly happy in their family life and marriage. Well, there are some uh, statistics that uh, can indicate the level of happiness in marriage. Uh, being, a, being a relationship counsellor and you mm-hmm. yourself n- needing to, to, to counsel sometimes, couple being a pastor, sure. you know, you obviously would be, would be also interested. And some recent statistics about the divorce rate in Australia was was released uh, just just a year or two ago. I think they, they do have every year almost the stats, but I particularly looked at, at something that was released in 2016, exploring um, uh, the, the data about divorce rate in the in the year before 2015. And um, well, we are about what 24, 25 million uh, people nation mm-hmm. uh, in Australia here, yeah. and and the figures show that there were. Uh, Nearly fifty thousand people's people in Australia that were granted divorce in two thousand and fifteen, uh, and so this was the increase. Uh, this was an increase of about about two thousand people, or four point three percent, from the numbers in the year before in two thousand and fourteen. And so, uh, you know, it's interesting that when they did kind of calculations, uh, they said. To every thousand citizens of Australia, so we are talking about every person, yeah, children, yeah. whatever. To every thousand citizens of Australia, uh, of Australia, we have two two divorces, and and it's interesting that the duration of marriage, mm-hmm. you know, average duration that the, the, the uh, you know that the, the median duration of the relationship from marriage to divorce was, guess what, twelve. Point one years. So, so, uh, and and most people divorce uh, when they are in their early to mid forties, and <laughs> and they did you know they did the calculation of about how many children does this uh, affect, and and they said about just just similar to number of divorces, about forty two thousand children are are basically made unhappy, deeply unhappy, mm-hmm. along with their parents who are made unhappy. Uh, uh, through 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 divorce and all the all all that comes with that. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, you know, that age bracket, you know, mid 40s. That's right. They, these are families with children. Absolutely. Yeah, what That's a That's exactly so, yes. Mm. So you, you can see a lot of unhappiness that can be caused by, by, by something like that. It'd be fascinating to do a social experiment and go to the streets of our city and simply ask people, you know, on a scale of one to ten, um, how happy were they or how unhappy were they? Um, you know, one being very unhappy and ten being Miserable. very happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, so I, I agree with you. I, I think I think we should should maybe, maybe you and I should do that one day. <laughs> maybe we should do that. Uh, but I just wonder how honest uh, if if we kind of uh, uh, met people in the street and said, ah. Oh, Tell me on the scale of one then how how you know how happy you are with your life. I, I wonder how many people would be honest. Maybe some people would be, uh, but I just wonder whether whether maybe if if uh, they were able to anonymously, uh, you know, so to say, respond to some questionnaire and assess themselves on that scale, maybe maybe. Um, uh, that they would be, they would be a lot more maybe honest mm, uh, mm. to say this. Um, um, you know, when I when I do counseling, uh, uh, relationship counseling, or even individual counseling, this is absolutely fascinating. Uh, that that uh, when I um, when I ask people, what would you like the outcome of our counseling process, mm-hmm. you know, to be? And you know, I always, always, almost always. Probably at least nine out of ten, if not ten out of ten times, I hear, uh, you know, uh, that, that they just say, "I or we just want to be happy." So, what do you say to them in response to a statement like that? Um, can we really help someone to make transition from being miserable to being happy? Well, uh, that's a good question, Lyle. Uh, at that, that time, I'm sure both of us being. We'll come be- back to that just <laughs> after this. <laughs> okay, let's discuss that after the after the song. All victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on! Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Welcome back, guys. We're talking about happiness here this morning with uh, David Stojic, who is a regular on the show, and we're so glad that he's talking to us about happiness and how to find happiness. But we did come to this question before the break. Can somebody really help someone else to make a transition from feeling miserable to happiness? David, you're a counsellor. Can you do this? Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here as a pastor and as a, uh, a Christian counselor, um, faith-based counselor, uh, if I, and even just a secular counselor, if I couldn't answer affirmatively sure. to, to that question. And I, I'm sure you being a pastor, you, know, <laughs> you feel the same. So may, 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 many, many people, including great thinkers and philosophers, have tried to answer this question. And... Some have questioned whether we should pursue happiness at all. Mm-hmm. Why not being miserable? <laughs> you know, the others have suggested that happiness is to be found in the pursuit of this or that, you know, this cause or that cause. Uh, the others have suggested that we are looking for happiness in all of the wrong places or uh, for selfish reasons. We're looking for happiness for maybe some hedonistic or other selfish reasons. And so for this reason, they say, well, you'll never find it. It's elusive. Should it be the uh, should it be the main goal of life just to be happy? Is that is that what life is all about? <laughs> well, in 2013, uh, and and some of our listeners will be able to clearly identify the name. Dr. Russ Harris uh, published his best-selling book, The Happiness Trap, and, and the blurb that advertises the book makes some interesting claims, and and I would like to quote it uh, here. And I quote: In this easy to read practical and empowering self-help book. Dr. Russ Harris reveals how millions of people are unwittingly caught in the happiness trap, where the more they strive for happiness, the more they suffer in the long term. So what is he saying? That just by pursuit of it, what many people do, they won't find it. And then I continue to quote, he then provides an effective means to escape through the insights and techniques of the ACT, which is actually ACT or Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, a groundbreaking new approach based on mindfulness skills. <laughs> so mm. do, you know, do you know what in a nutshell the Acceptance and Commitment Therapy is all about? No, but I'm thinking it has something to do with committing to something, uh, accepting something and committing to something. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good answer, yes. Uh, um, and what I, I tell you, when, when I actually tell you the definition of ACT or act, Acceptance uh, Commitment Therapy, you'll immediately connect it with something you have heard many times before. Uh, not just heard, uh, but also practiced um, and recommended to others. Mm-hmm. So accept, acceptance and commitment therapy is not is, is a secular therapy, you know, to, to actually help mm-hmm. people with their mental, emotional health. But it gets its name from one of its core messages. Um, and this is the message. Accept what is out of your personal control and commit to action that improves and enriches your life. Wow, that sounds like the serenity <laughs> prayer to me. Um, and, of course, this was uh, uh, made famous by the American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr, um, which simply says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Well, there you have it. When I first learned about the acceptance commitment therapy, and, and I'm actually a mem- uh, one of the members of the local uh, acceptance commitment therapy, you know, uh, um, uh, 
professional networks. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I first learned about it, which is actually, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about it later, but I thought, wow, this is exactly pretty much inspired by the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, that's, the, that's the core message. And what I find interesting, Lyle, is that the ACT, or Acceptance Commitment Therapy, is a subsection of CBT, or a Cognitive Behavior Therapy. And the father of, of the CBT, Aaron Beck, was not a believer in God. It's interesting how they always <laughs> use these biblical <laughs> principles, even though they don't believe in God. Well, not only that he wasn't a believer, but actually... Aaron Beck, when you read his materials, you know, and he came up with some good, good kind of concepts, really, you know, uh, and, and which I personally believe that every good gift comes from God. Mm. But he came up with some good concept, concepts, but he actually claimed that religion is not helpful, but detrimental to people's mental health. And oh, wow. uh, so, so, and here is, here is um, some more blurb of the blurb that promotes the best-selling book, The Happiness Trap. And I'm not promoting it. I'm ju- I just find it very interesting in, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. in the context of what we are saying here. Um, Dr. Russ Harris uh, claims that the book provides scientifically proven techniques to reduce stress and worry, uh, arise above fear, doubt and insecurity, handle painful thoughts and feelings far more effectively, break self-defeating habits, improve performance and find fulfillment in your life, build more satisfying relationships and create a rich, full and meaningful life. So, based on him, this is the answer to all questions of life. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, those are big claims, and I sure hope that Dr. Harris was able to help some people reduce their you know, stress, worry, rise above their fear, etc., and become more happy. Uh, it does seem to me that he is missing a major aspect or dimension of life that can help us discover happiness in its truest and fullest sense of the meaning and that's the spiritual aspect of life. I'm so glad you're saying this because as you know my passion is for the for the holistic life, for the 4D physical, social, mental and spiritual mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and when we're talking about happiness one cannot, must not overlook the spiritual dimension. Uh, the serenity prayer sums it up beautifully but Jesus elaborates uh, on it in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 in his masterpiece sermon mm. uh, a sermon on the Mountain, uh, also known as the Beatitudes. And so he gives some very practical tips that he followed uh, will make us happy in the truest sense. I'm glad you mentioned the Beatitudes. Why don't we just share them together? Um, I'll read them for you very quickly. The Bible says, When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving, that's the disciples, arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less, with less of you, there is more of God and his rule. This is a, uh, a translation that is slightly different to it's what I use. It's a message translation. <laughs> message yeah. translation, yeah. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart, put right. 
Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do and all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. There you what, go. That's what, the attitude from the message. Thank you, Lyle. Thank you, Lyle. Yeah. Uh, and, and what probably we need to point out here in the final, uh, you know, uh, minutes of of our conversation is that that blessed is the word actually when we look at the original. Mm-hmm. That word blessed, makarios, mm-hmm. uh, is means happy. So, so, so Christ in this in this sermon on the mount on the mountain is outlined this best teacher ever. Uh, so this is the definition then of happiness right here in the beatitudes. Uh, so, so yeah, that's exactly so. so. And, and for our listeners, I should comment that this is Matthew chapter 5. It would be what the first uh, 13, 12, 13 verses there that's of right. Matthew chapter 5, the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and and that, that is topic on its own that we could, that we could actually, if, if we really want to find out what happiness is, uh, so that happiness is really not found in, in pursuit, selfish pursuits, yeah. but in really emptying yourself, letting God fill us in, letting God dwell in our life, absolutely, uh, and 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 then uh, out of that we can we can be happy and actually create create happiness or help other people be happy as well. Yeah, most certainly. Well, thank you, David, so much for joining us here. It's been good to have you back again. And I think we missed you last week, didn't we? Uh, yes, I but, was. Um, I was away. We're glad you're back. Thank and, you. Uh, and stay tuned. We've got some more great programming coming up in just a moment. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart You're the one that guides my heart Lord, I need you, oh, I need you Every hour Runs deep 